0: God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.
1: Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. <laughs>
2: They walk among us, strangeness hidden beneath the skin. They may be your neighbour, your friend, your lover. Their arcane power lies dormant in everyday life, waiting for a signal to emerge when chaos will bloom as the sun rises on a new age. But for now, you'd walk past them in the street, never notice them in your office, ignore their gaze in the mirror. They're everywhere. They're inside you right now. They are the goggles. <laughs> The Sonic Glossy Magazine to the Bugles Audio Newspaper for Visual World. This is The Gargle. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, bringing you all the news with none of the politics. And your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Josh Gondelman and Tiff Stevenson. Welcome back. Hello.
0: Hello. That's, that really set a tone for how it was going to sound. It's not how I sound. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's the spookiest gargle entry. Uh, how are you both?
0: Oh, I'm having a week. <laughs> <laughs> my my dog is under the weather and has to go to a a vet that's far from our home in a car, which she'll hate, and then my wife will stress out and then I'll stress out. And, uh oh, it's going to be bad. The rest of today is going to be really bad.
2: <laughs> well, what The the vet is in a little house with chicken legs with its back to you and you have to approach the house and ask mm-hmm. it to turn around. And the house yeah. runs away if you li- make eye contact with its windows. <laughs> There's something specific about somebody saying, I've had a week or, ah, oh, it's been a day, where it's like... That's, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a very factual statement. Of course, you've had a week. We've all had a week. Right, and always true.
0: A week. Unless you were born at the end of the week, you've had a <laughs> week. <laughs> uh,
2: well, before we uh, embrace one another and comfort each other in the cuddle that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover of this magazine. The front cover this week is The Liver King. Uh, Do you know the Liver King? He's an online raw meat influencer whose abs screamed steroids while his mouth screamed, I get these abs from eating raw meat and sleeping on a plank. Uh, The Liver King has been exposed for using $12,000 worth of steroid injections a month, to which most people said, duh, and some people who are choking down raw liver for breakfast in the dream of those abs say, oh, my God, I've been eating raw liver for so long, I'm not sure if I know how to go on. And the people who are waiting in line to scam you next with some deranged health bunkum say live and let liver
3: <laughs> the
2: satirical cartoon this week is elon musk's bedside table laden with caffeine free diet cokes one 3d printed gun one replica american revolution gun and a sign that says when you own everything the only thing left to own is yourself truly
0: and the libs <laughs> and the libs and the libs. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing uh, were, were you triggered uh, by the bedside table josh Connelman?
0: yeah I was. It triggered me. I I honestly feel like if I had posted that and been like my bedside table, it would have triggered a wellness check. Every person (laughs) I know would have called uh, like an ambulance to my apartment immediately. Not because I thought I was a danger to myself, just because they would have been like, Oh, Josh has become a loser at a level we've never seen. <laughs> that's the <laughs> loseriest photograph in human history.
4: You've missed a box of tissues. There's definitely a box of Kleenex. <laughs> you can be a billionaire. You're still wanking yourself into oblivion.
2: Yeah, but that's the thing. When you're a billionaire, you can just wipe your hand on the sheets and someone will bring you new sheets. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's Yeah, his, his cleanup has the highest thread count of anyone in, <laughs> in the world.
2: Uh, let's have a look at our stories for this week. Top story this week is the right not to be fun news. This is the news uh, of a man who, who was fired from a consultancy firm in 2015. Uh, Tiff, you enjoy consulting. Can you unpack this story? <laughs>
4: Yes, there was a man who won the legal right not to be fun at work after refusing to embrace excessive alcoholism and promiscuity. Now, fun at work, this reminds me of during lockdown when a snazzy background on Zoom was the equivalent of a wacky tie. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: So this man was fired from a consultancy firm in 2015 for not adhering to the company's fun values, which included promiscuity, excessive alcohol. Then you read on and you find out it's in France because, of course... They'll fire you if you eat lunch at your desk. The absolute indignity. <laughs> so this this ruling comes after a man referred to as Mr. T was fired from a Paris consultancy firm for refusing to join in and participate in after work drinks and and team building, and they said that made him, um, they fired him a year later for professional incompetence and refusing to adhere to fun. um, Because he was sober, and you were drunk complaining at him, and, you know, this isn't going to work, because you are, Mr. T, very judgmental, and you just said, you ain't getting on no plane fall. (laughs) And I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about my marriage breaking up, probably because of all of these fun work drinks that I'm at. Uh, So basically, he didn't join in with getting pissed um and uh and they were like no you're no fun you're not a good listener you're fired and it turns out you can't do that Mm
2: -hmm. turns out you can't do that because some of the things that this company did sound like proper proper hazing like you had to get into a bed with a colleague you had to simulate sexual acts you you were required to join in this like quote-unquote fun like i fun fact i hate fun i love facts (laughs) uh this it sounds like my nightmare. I mean genuinely uh, when I when I started at a law firm, um, I accidentally had a flower behind my ear in my entry photo, in my staff photo and when I showed up, my first day at work, the the partner had printed out uh, my staff photo and then the staff photos of like a, a series of like serious-looking senior partners of the firm, and he put it on the coffee table and he said, pick the odd one out. So that's corporate fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's horrendous. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this man didn't like – subscribe to corporate values i like him the more Mm -hmm. for it and the fact that they then fired him this i mean the fact that it's france meant that he had to get this on appeal uh because the first court was like go yourself man uh get nude in the courtroom uh josh have you ever been (laughs) fired for not being fun enough
0: i mean from like parties and stuff never from a a strictly professional thing if you can get fired from relationships or (laughs) uh friendships (laughs) I think this case is fascinating, and I think it's—it seems like the the right stance, right? That you can't be fired for refusing to be fun. Although I have to imagine that in France you can be fired for refusing to demonstrate a world-weary ennui and existential doubt about why we bother to toil at all when our life's work will inevitably <laughs> be lost to the brutal and unyielding passage of time. That is still legal to fire someone for that. <laughs> and it's like a really interesting thing, Great, right? It's a freedom of expression case, frankly, which in America is kind of close to the First Amendment. And it really goes to show how times have changed because 35 years after the Beastie Boys won their landmark case, people are now fighting for their right to not party, which I think is like it shows (laughs) just the progress. And it's not it's not like, you know, when I say progress, it's not the biggest civil rights issue. But I do think (laughs) it's good that people shouldn't have to participate in mandatory work fun, which is the least fun fun, although it is a little ironic that it's the French government who decided people don't have to participate in a retreat. Sorry, France. Had to say it. Couldn't leave that money on the table.
2: (laughs) Now it's time for your ads, your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Are you a Grinch or a Scrooge or a miserly no-good billionaire wallowing your ill-gotten gains while Christmas is on the horizon? Are you afraid of the tripartite ghosts of Christmas past, present and future or even the one-in-three chance that the God you'll get when you pray is the ghosty one rather than the baby Jesus one? Who are you going to call now that ghostbuster has gone out of business due to accidentally hiring too many women because of the woke mind virus uh, and then they all had a period at the same time and summoned Bloody Mary? The next number on the ghost emergency call chain is us, Sensible Susan, with a thermos who'll come sit at the end of your bed and tell ghosts to f off. That's right, for a small monthly fee, you can have a Sensible Susan on retainer to come sit at the end of your luxurious four-poster bed and knit while wearing thick socks and a polar fleece vest. In her spare time, she's in a community choir and if a ghost appears, she'll kick it in the nuts with her orthopedic shoes. Sensible Susan, get yours today. Terms and conditions apply. Sensible Susans can cause insomnia, paranoia and sweating. And if you have a night bono or a sex ghost, we'll wake you with a hearty slap to the crotch and I tell you you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Reindeer, the horse of the north. And the enemy of my enemy is me, my own worst enemy. Are you your own worst enemy? They say the best revenge is a life well lived. They also say revenge is best served cold. So the best revenge served at its best is a life full of icy luxury. Cool things done in cold temperatures, a yacht in the Antarctic, ice cubes in your expensive crystal glasses, gazpacho soup, dry ice creating a sinister effect as you walk into your revenge room, half a glass of water shaken, (laughs) stirred and given to your dungeon prisoner along with a dry piece of bread. Revenge, get some today.
1: (laughs) Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: And in two things I don't believe in news, crypto Bibles. Uh, Norwegian (laughs) Museum is trying to sell crypto Bibles. Josh Gondelman, uh, you crossed yourself recently. Can you unpack this story for us? Mm -hmm,
0: Of course. So the Nordic Bible Museum, which is my favorite Captain Beefheart album, is now selling (laughs) NFTs of the Bible to raise money, to to fund the museum, which seems like a match made in heaven. No pun intended, right? Churches and blockchain enthusiasts are two groups united by their hatred of paying taxes. So, like, it is really, (laughs) the synergy is undeniable.
2: And their love for messing with the age limit for sex.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. There's so much that unites these two groups that might seem disparate, but the age of consent, the hatred, hatred of taxes, it's kind of a libertarian paradise, this Bible museum. Uh, but with the speed that history moves now, a business trying to monetize uh, NFTs and, and like stay afloat does seem so antiquated that it could have happened in the Old Testament. <laughs> And the same logic, though, that would allow for Jesus to have multiplied loaves and fishes to feed a hungry population is exactly the logic that's required to have ever believed that cryptocurrency was going to continue to increase in value forever without coming back to Earth. So, again, there is the same kind of vibe at play. And in a way, NFTs are the ultimate religious objects because they only exist if you have faith in them. And if you don't have faith in them, you don't even want to hear other people talk about them.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, really, Jesus not really doing very much after he came out of the cave is the ultimate rug pull. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of the Sam Bankman Fried of latter-day <laughs> religious icons.
2: In his 30s, Wunderkind, mm-hmm. uh, parents of Stanford professors. <laughs> I don't know. Tiff, have you invested in a crypto
4: Bible? No, but I was in a hotel the other day and they had a Bible and a playbill for Book of Mormon, which I thought was very cute. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's all made up, isn't it? Crypto, the Ten Commandments. I think what they're saying, I think the main criticism of this is that NFTs are sort of being pushed out to the younger generation. And about 30 percent of people, according to this survey, haven't opened a Bible. So they're trying to sell the Bible using, you know. I guess we always get into the new technology. I mean, if they could have gone Tamagotchi Bibles, maybe we would have all got into them in the 90s. I don't know. But they're talking about having a holographic Jesus, which was my favourite bit. They were looking at the possibility of creating something with holograms, like holographic Jesus, like dashboard Jesus. But you can invite them to parties. Dress code sandals, bring your own bottle of water. He'll turn it into wine. It's one of his things.
2: <laughs> I feel like the point of the Bible is that it is fungible. Isn't that the whole mission of Gideon, uh, the Gideon business, was to, <laughs> to have Bibles be interchangeable? You don't open the, the Gideon's Bible in each different hotel room and be like, ooh, this one's, you know, limited mm-hmm. edition. They're not... Diff- the point is that they ought to be as much the same as possible right I isn't mean that's it?
0: kind of what the the what Gutenberg was about even going back that far right standardizing and making it the same for everybody and I think it was very nice of Steve Gutenberg to do that for us
2: <laughs> Is that why he disappeared? <laughs> from sitcoms I think the printing is where it all went south I want I, I want a, an age where we've got the bibles and then you don't know what kind of weird thing the monk is going to do for the <laughs> A Is it a cat doing a wee I don't know <laughs>
0: We should have one standard Bible, right? We don't need, as Tiff was describing, to each have our own personal Jesus. That's what Depeche Mode was warning us about.
2: I mean, really, what you need is is, is some sort of Google Docs Bible where everyone just gets to have a consensus Bible Mm -hmm. um, and everyone can contribute or take away. Uh, From it, essentially uh, Wikipedia.
0: In America, I think the consensus Bible is guns somehow. (laughs) That's where we get to.
2: (laughs) Turn the other cheek and put an Mm
4: AR-15 against it. Mm -hmm. Isn't there a song called God and Guns? I'm sure there's a Leonard Skynyrd song called God and Guns is what this country was built upon. You might as well get up and run if you want to take my God and Guns. He refers to it as the peacemaker in the dresser drawer. Now, is that the Bible or is that the gun?
0: Or is it NFTs? (laughs) (laughs) It's Bitcoin.
4: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if hotels had NFT Bibles because everything else has gone digital in a hotel room now to the point of insanity. Like I tried to order room service when I was in one the other day and they were like, no, you've got to... We gave you a little uh, QR code when you checked in. So you've got to download that on your phone. And I was like, I can't get onto the Wi-Fi I can't download the menu. Mm-hmm. Please, for the love of God, could I just have a piece of paper? I felt so old. Yeah. Could I have a piece of paper <laughs> in the room that tells me what s- shitty
0: overpriced sandwich you're going to send yeah. to my room? And, and now there's a QR code for reading Corinthians. <laughs> oh,
2: Josh. The peacemaker in the dresser drawer uh, for Elon Musk would have been coasters. <laughs> Apparently that was what people found most <laughs> offensive. <laughs> now it's time for your reviews as you know each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars tiff what have you brought in for us this week a review of the culture war because Elon (laughs) musk as we're talking about him
4: asked for advice on twitter about the culture war he said need advice what do you think about the culture war and i suggested he should dip his knob in yogurt (laughs) and that should (laughs) calm it down (laughs) Um, you know, so just my advice here is not a schlong in a fruit corner or a munch bunch. You cannot, nothing with sugar as that will encourage the candida albicans to overgrow, which is what starts the problem in the first place. So uh, Elon, avoid hot baths, lacy underwear and other irritants like Kim Kardashian and you'll be fine. Um, so for the culture war, I give it one out of five stars. One out of five stars for the culture war there. You want to talk about the the, the takeover
2: of Twitter? A platform we all enjoy so much.
4: <laughs> or I did? genuinely
2: had a really nice time on Twitter. I was really ruthless about who I blocked and so I generally had a pleasant time. But I just feel like... One of the problems with the modern world is that people feel like that they need to express their political will by what they buy or don't buy or Mm -hmm. what they consume or not consume because they feel politically disenfranchised. If you could actually have an impact on the world around you, uh, then it wouldn't matter so much what uh, books you're reading or what TV shows you're watching or what Coke you're drinking. But I think it's different if you're the richest man in the world. (laughs) Like I feel like at that point... uh, what you choose to consume or not consume uh, culture wars wise is irrelevant because you literally can put your thumb on the government.
0: <laughs> like I feel like once you're that rich, like once you have a billion dollars, you should have to give me a thousand dollars every time I hear one of your opinions. That's like a real <laughs> belief I have, like not just me, like everyone, like you should have to pay people to listen to you. Like it should be the, the like you shouldn't get to just buy a newspaper that's that's not where the money should go. You should have to give it directly, like redistributed directly to the people that have to hear your like dumb rich guy opinions.
2: If, 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 if you're going to have people working for minimum wage in your factories, like uh, at least, at least do what the Uber rich used to do and build a fucking pyramid or a massive statue with your head on it or like, you know, something that blocks out the sun. Well, also they used to um, build
4: towns, didn't they? In schools next to, it. that was the philanthropy of the old days, mm-hmm. wasn't it? We will build houses where people can live and we'll build a school near here. Now get down the mines! right?
0: right. But, uh, but at least there's a school. It's all company, no town anymore.
2: Yes. Josh, what have you brought in for us to review?
0: I've brought in a review of sitting in the second last row of Madison Square Garden to see Billy Joel play a concert. <gasps> yep
4: oh, so, I'm jealous already it,
0: okay well, here comes the review You're and you're right to be jealous <laughs> my wife and I recently went to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden in New York City because it's nice to be the youngest people in the room sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know once a month Billy Joel helicopters from his home on Long Island into Manhattan like he's going to war there and,
3: <laughs> and plays a concert
0: once a month we sat uh, way at the top second to last row of the stadium in the nosebleed seats as a tribute to his cocaine use in the 70s, um, <laughs> which is fine, because the only thing you miss when you have obstructed view seats to a Billy Joel concert is Billy Joel. And we all know what he looks like. We know what Billy Joel looks like. He looks exactly like how you'd imagine the Samantha in Bernie Sanders' friend group. <laughs> Bernie is the carry. Um you don't even want to be in the good seats. That's the t- the secret. You don't want to be in the good seats because it's a bunch of old, rich people who are standing, but they don't know how to dance. So they're just like <laughs> upright at rigid attention like it's a firefighter's funeral. So <laughs> second to last row at Madison Square Garden still lets you feel better than the people in the last row behind you. Five out of five stars. One for each song of the encore we missed when we left during We Didn't Start the
4: fire <laughs> was that to beat the footfall on the way out it
0: absolutely was so we went in thinking yep. we were the youngest people but spiritually we were the oldest
4: <laughs> i gotta get to the car park yeah
0: <laughs> that's so embarrassing too because we didn't even drive we just had to get to the subway <laughs>
4: <laughs> we were at a concert where people were like in the seated section and the front row just stood up and you're like Well, that's the entire seated section now. Just standing. Yep.
0: Right. Just standing.
2: Why did you buy a seat?
4: It's like (laughs) the
0: wave, but it just stops once everybody stands.
2: Speaking of the wave, uh, the wave is rising. Uh, If if by wave you mean wave of pornography on Twitter. Mm -hmm. This is the story that Twitter has been hit. Maybe due to the firing of some of its moderation team, I'm not going to speculate, but it's been hit with a wave of porn and spam uh, being used by uh, the Chinese government to obscure tweets about protests there. Uh, Josh Gondelman, can you unpack this story for us?
0: Yeah. So apparently on Twitter, when you search the name of many cities in China, it brings up a bunch of porn, obscuring news of these protests that are happening against Xi Jinping's government. Um, Some have hypothesized that it's an intentional attack to obscure these protests. But also, like, that just seems like the right ratio, right? Most things you search online will bring up, like, a shitload of porn in addition to whatever you're actually looking for, unless it's porn, in case, and then it is what you're looking for. Uh, the protests that I mentioned are an uprising against China's zero COVID strategy, which is so 2020, right? In America back then, I'm thinking nostalgically about it. We had our own wave of protests against our government's nearly unlimited COVID strategy, <laughs> which was Successful in getting the U.S. government to pivot to a completely unfettered COVID strategy. So direct action works is the moral of the story. So as Alice alluded to, right, that until recently, this problem of porn spamming w- with these important political searches had been kept in check manually by the moderation team at Twitter. But Elon Musk has slashed the staffing for the team responsible for monitoring these kinds of messages. It's all part of his employee zero strategy, which on a long <laughs> enough timeline will morph into a functional zero strategy, and finally a shareholder value zero strategy.
2: I think this is such a good strategy for dealing with everyday problems. If somebody is uh, digging too deeply, asking too many questions, just flashing me your tits. You know, if somebody questions a transaction <laughs> that you've recently made, get your dick out. I don't understand mm-hmm. why more people are not using this uh, in everyday life, just flooding, <laughs> flooding any kind of channel of inquiry. Um, like in, real,
4: in the flesh, IRL. Yeah. IRL, IRL. We could all get arrested for
2: flashing. (laughs) Someone's like, why didn't you do the washing up? You put your boob on their head. It's just the way it has to be. They're not going to keep talking. I'm getting a sense of how you breastfeed now, Alice.
4: (laughs) We just need to get the children doing the washing up. That's what needs to happen. I mean, you say you had the, the problem with zero COVID as well. I think here as well, it was so far off the table, it wasn't even in the same house as the table.
2: <laughs> Basically, my goal is to um, popularise uh, the boob on the head just as a game. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think it's a fun game. If you've got a boob and you've got a head uh, that it would be appropriate to put that boob on, just do it, just gently walk up behind them and gently rest your boob on their head. Just a warm, comforting weight. It's not the same as a dick on a shoulder, which has been
4: done no, quite
2: a lot. That's, so. that's unacceptable. Very different. Yeah. Unacceptable.
0: Very different. Not comforting. <laughs> not comforting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Binance News now in one of those sentences that you wouldn't have been able to say even a few years ago. Uh, Binance (laughs) has pledged up to $2 billion to bail out distressed crypto firms as part of the ongoing FTX domino effect. Tiff Stevenson, you're our correspondent for Nonsense. Can you unpack this story for us?
4: Yes, as you know, I'm well up on the crypto. Um, I have a friend who's working at a company which is backed by crypto assets, so might actually lose his job. I'm only losing a a £1,000 in SHIB. So uh, this, is, this is less, uh, less uh, I've got less skin in the game, should we say. Uh, apparently, Binance, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, is committing up to 2 billion to help support crypto firms facing financial hardships following the bankruptcy of rival exchange FTX. So basically, it's another bailout, like the banks. And one of the main reasons that everyone was told to invest in cryptos because this wouldn't happen. Oh, it's safer than the banks. At least the public haven't personally bailed out the trading platform. But I don't really understand any of it. It's like if the FTSE itself collapsed. Um, Josh, if you don't know what the FTSE is, the FTSE in the UK is when two bankers take off their shoes and flirt with each other <laughs> under the table. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, (laughs) So there were some questions as to whether Binance deliberately tried to destabilise FTX because when it started to wobble, they offered to buy it and then they withdrew the offer to buy it once it was revealed that it was absolutely garbage as, as an asset.
4: It tanked. It's kind of like the Coke and Pepsi wars, early doors, when Coke was going great guns and then Pepsi was bankrupt and then Coke offered to buy them and Pepsi said no, then a war happened and uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And Billy
0: Joel couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Billy, that I remember yeah. <laughs> from We Didn't
4: Start the Fire. <laughs> the FTSE is our top blue chip companies, which, and then mm. blue chip itself comes from poker. That's why they're named blue chip because it's the highest value. How many more ways do they need to tell you this is all just a big casino? <laughs> like, you just need to know it's all gambling. And you have the Dow Jones, which to my ear, I, whenever I hear the Dow Jones is down, I'm like, well, that's Welsh men. They're depressed anyway. Um, So I think what this teaches us, this whole crypto situation, is we should go back to Wemmick's advice from Great Expectations. I don't know if you've all read it, but Wemmick is a character in Great Expectations who advises young Pip to get involved in some portable property. Get yourself some portable property. So get some gold on your fingers and in your teeth. And don't worry about it.
0: I think that's great advice. We're going to go
4: back to the gold standard.
0: Because with crypto, there's no standard, right? Like, it's worth whatever the people that have the exchange say <laughs> it's worth, essentially. And it's it's not backed by anything. So, like, okay, how about this Binance? I pledge $5 billion. Do I have it? Sure. <laughs> I said I have it. Isn't that what crypto is? Potentially.
4: Could the whole thing, like, just entirely collapse anyway if someone works out the
2: encrypted coding for sending the...
0: in The blockchain? Yeah. The code? Probably? I
2: mean, I'm just enjoying hearing two people that don't understand crypto, explaining crypto.
0: I think that's everyone who's ever talked about crypto. <laughs> like, the people that understand it the most seem to be saying the least. Where, like, whenever someone who like really knows what it's about explains it, I'm like... So that's nothing, right? <laughs> that's like, what you said is nothing.
2: <laughs> I feel like the big red flag was when uh, somebody suggested to Sam Bankman-Fried that that FTX should have a board, uh, you know, as a company board, and he told them to go <laughs> themselves. <laughs> and then they still invested with him.
0: He just watched an episode of Succession and was like, "I get how business is done. <laughs> <laughs> F- off,
2: yeah." <laughs> Now it's time for Plants Against Animals news. This is the news that the evolution of the roots of trees nearly ended life on Earth. And I had to announce that very carefully because in Australia, to root uh, means something very different to what it means uh, in America.
4: Did you enjoy it, Alice, when you came to London and you saw that there was a bus called the Rootmaster? I did. I enjoyed it.
2: <laughs> too much, some would say, too much. <laughs> Josh, uh, you've sat in a tree once and looked at the people going past wistfully with tears in your eyes. Can you unpack this Mm -hmm. story?
0: Sure. So apparently hundreds of millions of years ago, as plants evolved and grew more prevalent, they nearly killed off a bunch of species of animal, which does make vegetarianism feel like more of a fair fight. Right. (laughs) And I think if plants are going to become killing machines, you might as well eat animals, honestly. But... Okay, but first of all, let's, before I really get into it, let's take this with a grain of salt because a lot of things might have happened in the past. We were just talking earlier about the Bible, but the way <laughs> that it may have worked is that plants. As their root systems grew and became more complex, they kind of shook nutrients out of the soil and into the water, which sounds good in theory, right? Nutrients in the water. But it's actually, it sounds good, but it's actually terrible. Much like planning to catch up on sleep during a long flight or turning a social media (laughs) app into a quote unquote bastion of free speech.
2: (laughs) It's the public square, Josh. It's the public square.
0: (laughs) I don't like it. That's why I don't go out much. I prefer private squares.
2: I like that my aggressive voice just gets more Australian.
0: (laughs) The mine kid's more Bostonian. It's like it's the public square guy. Are you kidding me, kid, dude? (laughs) Debate me, dude. The nutrients may have fed <laughs> organisms like algae, right? This nu- these nutrients that end up in the water, which then may have choked out fish species. And if that's all it takes to kill off fish, let them go. They're weak. The oceans <laughs> belong to the algae now. They've earned it. Eventually, they'll kill off everything in the sea. Humans will kill off everything on the land. And we'll have a humans versus algae face-off that we've always been building up to. <laughs>
4: I didn't even know that the Devonian, which was the time period this happened, was a time period because I only know the main ones, which is uh, Triassic, Jurassic, Reebok Classic, aka the nineties. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so I thought I thought Devonian was when you put jam first on the scone. Which is <laughs> such an English joke, but both of you still got it. So I'm very impressed that that translates to an American and an Aussie. Um, but it's the age of fishes, isn't it? It's where we began. Primordial ooze to sexy, classy mermaids to club hopping sluts today. today. Um, and I say slut lovingly because I was recently reminded, you know, and I think it was actually at my wedding that I was on the dance floor and I should be doing a slut drop, but I'm in my 40s now, so I could only manage a flirty crouch. <laughs> <laughs> I can get all the way down for a slut drop. Um,
2: yeah. What, what is the, is a flirty crouch somewhere between slut drop and that Marvel thing where they jump off a building and land? Maybe. Yeah.
4: There's a death. <laughs> there's a death drop in voguing and uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that. Like in as part of ballroom, Cop, there's a like a death drop, which is where you completely drop to the floor from standing, mm. which looks. It's actually an incredible. Gymnastic
2: feet, dance feet. Yeah, especially done in heels. And then there's a vagina drop, which is where you go for a run too soon after giving birth. Yeah,
4: (laughs) a prolapse. (laughs) We get a nicer way of saying prolapse. But yeah, I I can't do the slut drop anymore. So um, that's disappointing. Listen, life goes on. We get older. We just can't. We don't have it in us in the same way that we did. How are you explaining how the the plants suffocated? I think I've probably told this on, on, on maybe... Maybe the gargle before, but I saw this happen in real life because on my sixteenth birthday I had two goldfish and they were in like a just a little goldfish like fish bowl tank thing and loads of my girlfriends came round and they got suffocated because we sprayed so much impulse body spray and jubri perfume and <laughs> oh hairspray no. from the, the aerosols just like leaked into the water. And when we came back, blackjack and fruit salad were just
2: floating on top of the bowl. That's a, a, a genuine tragedy. I mean, this is a, this is a, a long battle between uh, animals and plants, between humans and. Pl- I mean, I've I've gotten into a knockdown, out fight with a tree before. The tree won, but I got a few hits in. <laughs> this is my favorite kind of news story because a it's not news because it happened in the long distant past, and b it's purely speculative, <laughs> or they're sort of guessing from bits of dirt. Please don't come at me. Um, <laughs> Archaeologists. We know that plants can be bad though, right, Alice? Is that what you're saying? Well, they know that there were these massive uh, die-offs of five big mass extinctions during the Devonian period and they're speculating that this might have been one of the causes of one of them. Uh, But by the time all of these were done, more than two-thirds of all species on the planet had been wiped out, uh, which I... Cannot help but thinking he must have been the most fun reality TV show to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Survival of the fittest,
4: quite literally. Yeah. We should know that plants are bad bastards. Ever since that first snapdragon said, feed me Seymour. We know. Mm-hmm. We know. Have we seen Day of the Triffids? I don't know why everyone's out there just thinking that plants are just this benign natural presence. I mean, that apart from the fact I can't keep one alive in my house.
0: You're helping us win that war yeah, yeah. by killing off houseplants one at a time.
2: I will take take the fight to them.
0: Execution style.
2: <laughs> Anyone who's ever had hay fever knows that plants are not benevolent. You've got to walk through your springtime going, uh, a tree is f***ing my nose. That's a very stressful <laughs> period of time.
4: Oh, yeah. I've actually had horrific. When I was a kid, it was almost unplu I couldn't go out. During certain months, so that's maybe where it stems from, Alice. I've got a long-standing; uh, they are my nemesis.
0: I think we gotta team up with the fish against plants. That's our only solution. We gotta get a. We gotta take land and water, and we gotta take on these plants because there's too many of them that are that are coming after us too hard. Uh, hay fever, poison ivy, yeah, they're they're done. We're, I'm going to start enlisting fish to be my allies <laughs> as soon as this recording ends. Which
4: which fish would you go for first? Who naturally do you think would be good to get
0: on board? That's a good question. I, I'm trying to think. Well, I'm going to find some voracious vegetarian fish because that's, I think, who takes out the plants the hardest. So piranhas, they're lower down on the list because they're too... They're hard to convince, and they eat too much meat. But I'm just going out to the the East River with some breadcrumbs, just making friends and and, and doing some coalition building in this war against plants.
2: Who are the algae? Is is it like starfish? Yeah, you definitely don't want to um, be talking to piranhas. Pir- piranhas are the libertarians of the of the water. <laughs> like you eat what you want to eat, I'll eat what I want to eat, and what they <laughs> want to eat happens to be your ankles.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on a liver diet. I'm on a liver diet. <laughs> A starfish is a perfect fish to start with, right? Because when you're going to war, you want someone that can like regrow a severed limb. So that is, yeah, that's where we go first. Starfish for sure. Yeah, starfish,
2: the most boring wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the time we have for today's show. Tiff, what have you got to plug? I've got to plug
4: my tour coming up next year for Sexy Brain. I will be... Hopefully doing some shows in America and Australia as well. Got those to announce. But if you go to my Instagram, Tiff Stevenson comic. Yeah. So just check out. I've got lots of dates coming up and also my podcast. (laughs) I should have loved Catharsis. Yes. (laughs) I've got a podcast. You may have been on it. Both of you. Catharsis. Yeah, it was great. I had so much fun. So far, we've had the two people that are on this podcast Uh, Josh Gonderman and Alice Fraser Uh, we've had Ria we've had Michael Odewale we have coming up uh, Janine Garofalo we have coming up Alfie Brown we have coming up Rosebud Baker so we've got some fantastic guests coming up on the pod we've also had Sindhu V I think that's the one that's out at the moment so uh, yeah go check them out there's there's probably about five six episodes up at this point uh, more to come and the more you review it like and subscribe then even more to come Mm -hmm. so just make sure you do that no pressure but we really need your
0: reviews and your ears
2: Josh what have you got to plug
0: oh my gosh so I have a new newsletter that I send out weekly let's say called That's Marvelous (laughs) you can find it at uh, joshgondelman.substack.com and it's pep talks every week for readers and people in the news. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a really good time writing it. And I'm still... I'm doing a lot of tour dates. It is so fun when Gargle listeners come out. People come and say... Uh, they'll try to like give me half a glass of water at a show. And it's really sweet. And all those tickets are available at joshgondelman.com. And I'm still at joshgondelman on Twitter. Uh, you know, tweeting as the ship goes down. Um, Instagram... Uh, TikTok now for some reason so yeah.
4: <laughs> yes. yes. I'll, see
0: you, I'll see you over there but tr- subscribe to the newsletter, come see a live show and I have a special called People Pleaser that you can see worldwide I believe on Vimeo is the best place to rent that outside the US
2: Thank you to our roving reporters, our roving reporters. You can be one of them if you would like. If you see a story that you'd like to see on the Gargle, tweet us at HelloGarglers. This week, Miss Otis and James VT sent us the story of the right not to be fun at work. Inek sent the story of the Crypto Bibles and Sea Lips sent the story of uh, Plants Against Animals. Find me online at at @alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. I'm in it to the end, man. I reckon this is going to work. I reckon he's going to turn the ship around. Uh, I'm also on Patreon.com slash Alice fraser that's one stop shop full of my stand-up specials podcasts and blogs as well as my weekly tea with alice salons and my weekly writers meetings Uh, my show chronos will be out there soon this is a bugle podcast and alice fraser production your editor is ped hunter your executive producer is chris skinner i'll talk to you again next week
0: you can listen to other programs from the bugle including the bugle the last post tiny revolutions and the gargle wherever you find your podcasts
4: The world today is angry, and not just about the important stuff. I'm Tiff Stevenson, and I'm annoyed. You're listening to this, and I know something random has pissed you off already today. So this show is a safe space for me, you, and a funny guest to relive, release, unload on all of those things that make modern life so, uh, well, like this.
0: She hated me. And that's the number one thing I don't like in a person,
4: personally.
0: (laughs) I can take someone that I don't like. That's fine with me if I don't like you. But if you don't like me, that ruins me.
4: No beef too old. No fear too irrational. No opinion too unpopular.
2: First of all, it's not growing out of my brain. It's, what are you talking about? I mean, if your hair manifested the internals of your brain, there'd be a lot of people in mergers and acquisitions of tiny penises for hair. But (laughs) it's just the worst Medusa ever. From The Bugle, this